Hello, and welcome to another balmy edition of Inspire Fireside. Today, I am joined by one of the staple individuals in our company, Roxy Castillo. My name is Maximilian Meehan. I'm happy to be here today with Roxy, and we're going to talk about a litany of, of things. Um, and uh, you're just going to have to forgive us because we're outside. This is like day 8,082 of the pandemic. We are being responsible. We are distancing. We are more than six feet apart, and we are outside getting crucified by the sun. Um, and we're doing, we're suffering, we're suffering for you folks out there. We love to suffer for you. Hi, Roxy. How are you doing? I'm doing. It's so good to be here around the proverbial fire. It's not proverbial. <laughs> no. There is no fire here, but. No. It's it, just a dumb name. Like all the dumb names that I come up with, it's just a dumb name. But I, it's fun. Pageantry. We love pat. Look, if there's one thing, I wanted to be a pageant child. So now I'm just a, a wrestle walk-on person. Were you, did you really want to be a pageant child? Yeah, I love attention. So really? as a child, I was like, I wanted to be on Nickelodeon. I wanted to be like a little Disney kid. I just had so much energy that I needed to like channel it somewhere. And of course, my parents were like, no, just go to school. That's it. They didn't you didn't you didn't get to engage in any any anything that uh, uh, indulged your your creative energy as a child. I took I took theater classes, but other than that, like we just played in the streets and we would just play pretend. Imagination play. Yeah. So you and Matt both have a theatrical background. That's kind of interesting. Boy, do we. Did you know that Matt had a theater background? I did not. That was really surprising to hear and also just makes me kind of like endeared to him even more because I know that that's like, that's a side that I can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk to him more. I wish we could all just be together and be like... Theater theater folk are very sensitive. Matt is a very sensitive individual. We're not in comedy burlesque wrestling because we're, you know, we have it together. We're very tender. (laughs) We're sensitive folk. I think think there's a... The membrane between wrestling and and comedy or improv is is, uh, very thin... And I think that a lot of the overlap probably includes people who are very troubled. Look, (laughs) I am not going to argue that statement whatsoever. I think that that was one of the things that made me feel so comfortable walking into Inspire for the first time was just seeing how how much how flawed everybody was. Well, they have flawed the egos. We can relate to that in comedy. But also just seeing how much improv was used for, like, building matches and, like, thinking on your feet. I thought that we were going to come in and, like, have a script and you would, like, hard stick to the script. And I know that you put a lot of time and energy into, like, writing things. And then we come in and we're like, you know what I'm feeling today? I feel like um, match it, do this. I'll react this way. And we all just kind of, like, improv on the spot. Well, I think one of the things about my scripts is that they aren't, they aren't traditional scripts. There aren't, there aren't lines of dialogue parsed out to everybody. It's really just kind of like, we need to get from point A to point B, and I don't give a fuck how you get there. Just, you know, have fun with it. I think that's one thing I say a lot, or at least I hope you've heard me say, man, just have fun. I have heard you say that. I'll give you that. <laughs> I don't know Maybe you're day right. of, you're not in the, like, the funnest <laughs> of oh. moments. Maybe early on, I, I didn't know how to approach you. But I hear I hear a lot uh, in uh, as I'm going through this and talking to other people about the shows. I hear a lot that I, I can be kind of intimidating. Yes, and that's not that's not intentional on my part. I'm just usually uh, wearing eighty hats and trying to get get the show rolling. Um, as somebody who has now produced shows, I get it because you're like, I need to be the one to make my vision happen. So I get it. And that's not a read on you of like, Max wasn't friendly to me. I'll I'll say this, by the way, too. Thank God you didn't wind up on Nickelodeon or a Disney kid, because knowing what we know now, a lot of those environments were not the best place for children to be. So I'm glad that you're living out your 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 childhood dreams of of adulation in front of an audience at, 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 you know, where we're at right now and, and 
you know, in your timeline of life. Yeah, because um, now I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I would have been, like, cool in school, which I was cool in my own way, but, like, I'm the coolest person from high school now, like, going through the Facebook feed, and it's like, <clears throat> oh, Becca has kids, Jace has kids, like, not that that's not, like, cool, but I'm over here, like, hey, guys, come out to this burlesque event, or I got a couple wrestling things coming up, like, yeah, I'm interesting, I, finally. I have, I have kids, but I, I, tend to, I tend to make everything my own. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people, once they have children, they just sort of resign to a very Rockwellian pattern, and my opinion is that uh, I remember when um, my mother-in-law, when we announced we were having Fox, was in our house said, "Oh, I guess you got to get rid of all this scary shit in your house because my house is just it's no. a bubble it's a bubble <laughs> of horror ephemera." And I said, "Hell no. This is this is the legacy that my child inherits. If I am not me, then what's the point?" You know? Oh, I love that. I love that cuz I still have the idea of like, well, when you have kids, you have to just stop being you and then you have to like be this full-time like parent figure, yeah. which you do have to do, but like you can still be you and still do that and i love one of my favorite things is getting to see like fox and scout at shows like and just seeing them run around and like you've seen get them grow to, up at shows yeah shows. like i remember when fox was little teeny tiny yeah. and like now he's like i i, I, I don't want to yeah and it's fun to just see that that's an environment mm-hmm. that like kids enjoy and that they can like be in and feel safe and have I I also really I grew up in a really uh weird environment. I grew up across the street uh from a state hospital. Mm. So <laughs> Max go on. I had uh, I one of my most vivid memories is sitting in the living room and I'm I'm watching some movie on television and there's a bay window behind our TV and we have a very steep driveway and I see this guy in a hospital gown, shaved head, covered in blood trembling as he's shuffling up the driveway and I see this and I'm just mortified and I scream for my grandmother and she comes out and she sees this this escaped mental patient and she just kind of goes ugh <laughs> it's like no big deal and she grabs her broom and I'm like no grandma don't go outside and she goes she's outside she's gonna shoo him she shoos the maniac away <laughs> and there's like the fucking Michael Myers station wagon at the bottom mm-hmm. of our driveway waiting to pick the guy up and apparently he had just kind of wandered out of his wing and crashed through a plate glass window and was just going for a walk but I wasn't really allowed to play outside a lot as mm-hmm. a kid when you heard the siren it meant go inside and you heard it quite a bit um, oh man! Yeah, there and I and there, you know, I mean, it, it was in all, everybody around me too. Since I grew up primarily around my grandmother, uh, the neighborhood was full of people who bought their homes post World War II, so mm-hmm. there were no kids. And where I'm going with this is that my childhood was anything but ordinary, and I think it really benefited me in terms of my interests, in terms of my my worldview. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely loved the fact that my kids are at the shows hanging around with these men who are in trunks oiled up mm-hmm. and joking around and play fighting and, and and really to me it's just kind of a larger extension of their roughhousing. damn it's, i didn't even think about that yeah. that like some people are drawn to wrestling to continue to like expel that energy because i would love i would love play fighting with my dad i would love play fighting with like my cousins and you just like rough and tumble but then at a certain point I think for the cues that I got as a girl was just you have to age out of that and that you couldn't keep <laughs> doing that Yeah. Um, so I could see why wrestling would be a place where people could continue to like just get get the energy out yeah yeah so for you we 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 found you through Chris True, who mm-hmm. was part of the new movement initially. Were you, were you, what was your first avenue in terms of expressing yourself creatively? Where did, where did you begin? Because obviously wrestling was just something that kind of came along down the road. Yeah. Wrestling was something that, um, I think I was at a point in my life where I was like, say yes to things. Like, if something new comes along, just say yes to it. And this was a perfect example of it, that I would never think that I would be in this world 
or in this like community. Um, but for me, comedy was the place that I found out who I was and found the confidence um, to channel my ener- my my Nickelodeon energy. and have a place to you know quote unquote shine so starting to do stand up back in Denver in 2008 yeah 2008 in Denver Um, and then just continuing with the with the world view of just say yes to things so that got me into other things okay and um, what did you have any perception of wrestling professional wrestling prior to entering uh, our company? I watched I watched WWE as like a middle schooler just um, it was like the era of The Rock and Stone Cold and it was really pedestrian watching like I wasn't too into it but I enjoyed it and that was really kind of the only yeah that's that was the only exposure I had a friend um who was part of wrestling in her time she was Miss Electricity she was a manager and so she would tell me about wrestling and she gave a lot of like warnings so what were the warnings oh just that all the dudes were like horn dogs yeah yeah um a lot of real aggressive a questionable moral fiber yes but her time was in like the 90s yeah, but even, even still, I think up until this year, the business was in a really strange stasis where a lot of <sighs> the lack of values or humanizing of certain types of people was not really even welcome. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see a lot of people who cling to keeping the veil pulled shut, and I think I've kind of discovered that they want that veil shut so you don't see the bullshit that they're doing. Yeah, you know, um, it's part of the gatekeeping mentality that a lot of people in the business have so what what so what what were the differences between your perception of what wrestling was as you knew it from a very cursory understanding versus what like when you first stepped into our building what (laughs) what also you're you're in party world right yes okay yeah which was first uh inspire always came first okay so well no i mean did you do party world first no okay yeah so inspire was my first foray into it then got involved with party world and then sabotage um after that but man i think watching like watching on a pedestrian level i always i always thought it was like real real (laughs) like (laughs) even though i know all the cues were that this is not you know that it's, it's real in some capacity but like i just thought that they lived that way 24 7 this is who you are they they are really feuding they're really like trying to murder each other in the ring so i would watch it from that perspective as a kid and then um it's such a memory for me walking into asf the very first show that i was part of i was more nervous than i've ever been in my entire life because i didn't know what i was walking into and i remember walking in and seeing everybody in the ring like practicing and like working things out and just seeing how collaborative it was and this feeling washed over me this is so corny (laughs) but the feeling of just like I knew I was where I was supposed to be like and all of the nervous like yeah I was nervous the whole night but I was just like no you're this is something really cool and like enjoy this because I thought my character was just going to be like an in and out sort of thing like a one show so I was like just really savor this moment because how many times do you get to be at a wrestling show before the show and even just a wrestling show like that wasn't something that I was going out and actively seeing or watching so I really just wanted to like savor the day and savor the moment one of the things that I routinely say is that wrestlers are are very much like this unicorn type creature to me where they must be the best of multiple worlds in order to be truly effective or great at what they want to do you have to be a great athlete, but you also have to be a great actor. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to emote. You have to, in a lot of ways, it's almost like being a silent film star, too. Because, you you know, pe- people aren't up close, but you've got to convey your storyline and what's going on in the match through your uh, through your expressions, mm-hmm. through your, you know, your gesturing. Uh, there's a lot of storytelling involved. And I think, honestly, a lot of people, when they see wrestling and 
I hate it when people call wrestling fake. It's like, I know bands that practice in shitty practice spaces all the time, and when they get on stage, you don't go, oh, rock and roll's fake. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always it's always gratifying to me when people learn that it it is what it is. I don't call it fake. Um, that's a bird. <laughs> but I, I guess... I guess what, where I was going with that was that I think wrestling is really not impressive if it is real, but if it is fake. Oh, so if it speak. were if it were real, I would walk out the door. Yeah. If 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 it if it had that real aggressive energy or the like the hate you know that th these people are like supposed to have for each other in order to physically fight one another, I don't think that would be an environment I would want to be in. It's definitely more familial when you're in the building with all these people. You look forward to seeing them and you're kind of collaborating on this big thing and there's no there's no animosity mm -hmm. you know that's one of the things that i've always worked very hard to do is if there are problems backstage to address them and also to exclude people that i think are going to be toxic and i i give you a plus one to that because you've been great um with always listening to you know to us and when i say us probably just like Lisa and I, because Lisa's probably my closest person within right. Inspire, because we're good friends outside of this. Um, but I've always... I was... I was... I shouldn't have been taken aback at how nice everybody was. Like, when I walked in for the first time, and just how, like, kind everybody was, and, like... I, I felt seen, yeah. which I wasn't expecting. I thought I was just going to kind of, like, slip in, but everybody... Yeah, and everybody introduced themselves, and I didn't know, like, the handshake thing yeah. that some people were doing, and I was like, oh, no, I just... I did I a, hate. I hate that thing. I did a major disrespect, because I thought I was being like, hi, I'm assertive, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just loved how, how kind everybody was, and then seeing that, like, oh, they are actors, that this is... This is character work. This is... Yeah. And, and I... I guess I just thought everybody was going to be super aggro and super... Jocular? Yeah. But that was not the case. Everybody... I, I mean, I don't want to out anybody, but like... Well, man, what a bunch of tender hearts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some of these... Some of these wrestlers are. Yeah, absolutely. So, another thing that... Um, I, I feel like your, your rise and prominence in the company was a very organic thing a lot of the time for us or for me at least i watch the show this is oftentimes in the back and i feel bad but i also feel like i need to pay attention to exactly how people are responding to mm -hmm. things you know a lot i think the most gratifying thing about the 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 shows is seeing the immediate response that a storyline or an angle gets mm -hmm. you know if it works or you know if it doesn't um you were received very very warmly by our, our audience how did how did that feel like what was it what was your what were, what were you thinking because i know that there are times where i go did you hear that pop you get and you're kind of like no the blood was rushing in my ears i heard nothing <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like posthumously you may look back and go oh damn people were excited yeah it's it's hard in the moment because the adrenaline rush is so real and that wasn't there's moments of that in comedy but most of the time in comedy like I'm in control yeah. and I set the pace and I'm the sole person responsible for, you know, what other energy that I'm exuding to hopefully get back. Right. But in wrestling, there's so many components of it. And now having been part of it for a couple of years, like it does depend on the audience that night. It does depend on like, or not the audience, but like the crowd, um, the people in ring with you. And I'm, I just feel really grateful that there's been enough magic the times that I have been in the ring to like get yeah. that pop or to be received or seen. It, it's like, I love it. It's like Christmas morning for me. And I, I miss it so much. And then I have to think like, is it my ego who misses it? Like, is it because having a room full of people like chanting your name, let me tell you that does wonders yeah. <laughs> for any self-esteem issues. And as a comedian and just a human with anxiety issues, like we have self-esteem issues to then hear that like, oh, people like me just for being my bubbly, you know, little sunshiny self. Like it, it's so gratifying. And, that, and then I can take that into my life. I think, uh, I think one of the things that really surprised me when I saw when I saw you was well, I, I there was the initial impression and you seemed so meek, but then when you got in the ring and you turned it on, you just you, you owned the space and you kind of had this whole like 
Pee-wee's Playhouse meets John Waters kind of character. You mm-hmm. had that like kind of mod sensibility, but you were also you were like a real character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very insecure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a duality to you. Mm-hmm. I see. I've seen. I've seen both sides of you. Um, but yeah, you. Uh, I knew that when I when we saw you and I saw the response to you that that. From that point on, I said, okay, well, we're going to have to do a lot with her. I was very excited. Um, you, had a, you had a great and immediate connection with the crowd, and you, people, were, people were right, pretty right out of the gate, very, very high on you. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't even like an evolution. It was, uh, but there were also some, there are some dumb creative moments that you were a part of that I'm really proud of, too. I would love um, to talk through those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the AV cart. Do you remember the AV cart? With the TV on the stand that had Chris, um, there was there was a, there was a there was a time, and one of the reasons why we brought you into the company was that yeah. Tell me from your like from your side because yeah. for me, Chris was like, hey, we have a role. It's kind of like a one-time thing. You would come out, be the secretary. Do you have like a secretary outfit? And I was like, yeah. He was like, be here. You know, three thirty. Show up. I got you. So I didn't know anything else beside of of that and then he and I never like dissected Chris Chris was for a few a few shows not available because he was doing stuff in New Orleans mm-hmm. so he was moving back and forth and it began to kind of get in the way of trying to just tell stories mm-hmm. and so I, I expressed this concern to him and I said is there anybody that you know who would be a good second and he said yeah I've got someone in mind and I and he said uh, you know there's this girl Roxy and he kind of like uh, you know gave me some some down low on you, and then and then I and I said, well, can she talk? And he said, oh, she can talk. <laughs> so I said, okay, we'll bring her in. Let's 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 feel it out. Let's see how it goes. And um, there were <laughs> so there was a moment that you were part of very early on, and it was when Keith Lee was was there. And Keith, Keith, your relationship with Keith was how how was that seeing him on television? The the amount of pride and like just pure hearted tender like I'm just so proud of him like and just he was probably the person who was one of my biggest champions backstage like whenever he could see me getting like nervous about something or like not knowing he would lift me up so I feel really grateful to have gotten to develop just like a really pure hearted friendship with him and seeing him on TV and like just seeing how well he's doing like I just feel like a proud like I'm not a mother but like I'm just so proud right. of the dude because he deserves it yeah I, I feel like I mean there was certainly something that was to me really exciting and magical about your your intros for Keith and your relationship with him and and there was a playfulness and there was a humor to it. Mm-hmm. You often had people laughing hysterically. And I think in a, in a weird way, you have this you know, big powerhouse of a guy with this, you know, smaller white woman kind of, <laughs> kind of introducing him and kind of fawning over him. And I think it, it, in, it definitely endeared the audience to him because it made him kind of cuddly, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but so one of, the, one, of the, one of the first things that we did creatively and, and I pitch a lot of ideas. And I get a lot of my ideas shit on. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I did early on that you really sold the hell out of and made me, it made me a huge fan of yours was there was a time when Chris couldn't be there and uh, you were there basically to be Chris's backup if he couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. We really needed to develop a character who could slip in and out, you know, according to Chris's schedule. And uh, I had Chris was gone <laughs> and I had uh, this old AV cart. That had a giant TV on top of it and a VCR, and and Keith pushed this giant metal AV cart out onto the stage, and you walked out and you were on the mic, and then you put the mic up to the TV as Chris was talking, <laughs> and, and it was uh, people were just kind of like sitting there like with their their faces in their hands laughing because it's a really absurd sight, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of people backstage saw this and it was sort of unconventional creatively for a wrestling show. But I always love the fact that you bid on any dumb thing that I, I I showed you because I knew that the crowd would respond to it. It was something unique. And that's something uh, that I feel like I thrived on as yeah. being a comedian first. Um, 
give me the weird and I feel comfortable there because that's what I'm already doing. It's when I have to come out and be, I was going to say when I come out and be sincere, but I'm a sincere person. So that was not like a stretch for me. Um, I enjoy the weird stuff. So, okay, here's, here's, here's kind of a darker question. Goody. Name, Name something that you, name something you hated doing in the company. Was there anything that you hated doing, or was there a moment that you were uncomfortable with? In in the show, or... In the show. I, I think the moment that I struggled with a lot was when Matthew Palmer flinged tortillas <laughs> into the audience. Um, I believe it was with... Massive. Yeah. Yeah. Rest, rest in... Man. That's... Yeah. yeah. Well, what's really funny about that, though, is that Massive told him to do it. I know. Um, and that, like... And I know that that's between them. But for me, as yeah. somebody who's half Mexican... Yeah. It felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I didn't enjoy it. I was going to go along for the ride because that's the dynamic between... Yeah. Like, Matt and I is me just being like, what is he doing? And he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. But he was a heel doing something that a bad guy does. And in fact, it's it's actually traditional that uh, when a gringo wrestler goes south of the border, if they want to get heat, they have them do that. <laughs> so, Amel Cervantes, Thunder Rosa, mm-hmm. and, and, and Massive said... Bro, if you want people to hate you, do this. But I don't think it quite worked out the way that they thought it did. Mm-hmm. In fact, if if you if if the audience knew that yeah. and knew that that was something that was like acceptable somewhere else, if I had that knowledge, I think I would have felt better about it. Yeah. But because I didn't know that that was like something that you could do, or that it wasn't like. The Mexican, as disrespectful the as Mexican people in our audience didn't find it disrespectful. They actually got really excited yeah. and started eating the tortillas, which, <laughs> like they were grabbing them out of the no! air. No, it was like, it, you know, Matt is one of those guys who's actually kind of. I for me, he's hard to hate. He's not a hateable person, mm-hmm. and he's also kind of charming and boyish. And so, even when he's being kind of an asshole, he's still sort of this endear- endearing twerp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. I knew. I, I felt some. Some trepidation on your part during that whole angle. Uh, for me, and Matt and I just talked about this extensively, but we were trying to basically tell a complete story, uh, which was one of redemption where you have someone who uh, has who incurs learning moments mm-hmm. and comes full circle. Um, that's what we were going for, but unfortunately, we kind of had to abandon the storyline and didn't really get to fully realize it because there were some issues with uh, Matt personally that prevented mm-hmm. us from following through. But um, see, and I wish, like, with hindsight, I wish that I could have talked about this day of, or I wish that we could have time, Dave show to like talk through this, and that would have made me feel more comfortable yeah. or to like explain. But I also know on on show day, everybody's just in their head and they're nervous about their own thing, and like once you walk through the doors till the time that you walk out yeah it's almost this like time warp mania where it's like holy shit how did an hour go by oh the we're that next planned either yeah it wasn't really planned either that was something that kind of like popped up backstage mm-hmm. that going uh, back to improv yeah, like massive 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 amel said if you want to you know if you want to get us over as the faces mm-hmm. and you want to give us something that will feel good when you get your comeuppance you should do this. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how it happened, but it happened very uh, spontaneously. You know, it wasn't something that I... God, Where it's like, I didn't let's... Write that. <laughs> I didn't write that two weeks before the show. Is Yeah. One of those things that kind of um, had its genesis in the, in like, you know, minutes before the show mm-hmm. began. Quick run. <laughs> Go get tortillas. Basically. So uh, you started to say something when I asked you if there was anything that made you uncomfortable. Uh, one of the shows or something that you didn't enjoy necessarily... Is there anything outside outside the show creatively that stressed you out? Um, I th- I think everybody's always been very respectful mm-hmm. towards me, and I hope the same has been expressed from like my end to other people. There was an incident where somebody, and I know, I know it's like a term of endearment to be called gordita, mm-hmm. but somebody called me that oh. um, backstage, and that just like. 
you know, you just don't mention anything about anybody's weight, no. even if you're being like flirtatious and if it's just like, yeah, I like a thick girl or yeah, I like, yeah. you know, this. So that that sucked. I did not did enjoy you, did that. You, did you tell me about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, did I deal with it? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, that's when I go back to saying like, you've always listened and I've always felt very safe to come talk to like you or Biss about yeah. things or to just feel supported. That's such a huge reason why I love Inspire I, and champion know, Inspire. It's so funny because when um, when I first started in the business, one of the things that I learned was that, oh, you should keep your head down and be respectful and blah, 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 blah. And I went on to have major personal issues with several people in the company, mm-hmm. and they would simply be disrespectful to me because I'd never laced up a pair of brutes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, I got that a lot. I still get it. Um, and one of the things that I immediately kind of enforced and wrote down and said, this is how I'm running shit. It's my, 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 my opinion is that you being a big shit in this speck of whatever in the context of the world doesn't give you the right to treat anybody mm-hmm. like crap. And I'm not going to tolerate it. You know? Yeah. So that was like one of the things that I really tried to enforce is that I don't care who you think you are, what you've done. Nothing makes it okay for you to be an asshole. Yeah. And, um, I, but I apply that to all things in life. I, 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 that's how I also ran my, my, my club where I booked bands. Mm-hmm. And I've, um, unfortunately always been under where it's like, stay small, keep quiet. You know, like if something happens, you know, you, yeah. you just keep it and you're upset about it, but then you have to be professional. The show must go on like that type of is stuff. That, is that something that began in an actual show business or is that something more personal? That's a personal, you know, where it's just, you don't make a, you yeah. don't make a scene about things. Um, but as, as I've grown and evolved, just knowing that like, no, I have agency. I can advocate for myself. I can speak up when I need to, or when I want to more importantly, so it's always, it's always been nice to know that I can speak up if yeah. I need to. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm always, I, I always try to be conscientious of, of the environment because I, I think that a happy house uh, produces the best work creatively. Yeah. Um, so... I, w- I want to broach a, a subject with you. Yay! <laughs> I love um, Well, I mean, I know that I, I, I didn't really... I guess I didn't really get a clarification on whether or not this is something that we couldn't talk about, but I know that, you know, you want to contextualize that. You mentioned that briefly, but I'd like to talk about um, Chris True a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, for those who don't know, what made, for me, Chris True such a, a fascinating person to have involved was that he was not a wrestler. He was a non-wrestler. And one of the things that I really love doing uh, to create a complete world is involving people who aren't necessarily uh, wrestlers by nature. I like bringing in outside forces. I like bringing in people with unconventional backgrounds because they bring something new to the business. They help it evolve. And I feel like oftentimes when you go out to the boonies and you see a small show, it's people who have been doing the same kind of show for the last... I don't know, 50 years and it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, what I loved about Chris was that he had this comedy background. Uh, there was the new movement theater, of course. We were, we were tying the company to something that made it feel like a much larger world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited to have Chris on board. Uh, and I also, I, you know, he brought you to us. Yeah. So, and all, you know, talking about Chris is is tricky like it's tricky for me because he's such a big part of my journey comedically in wrestling I want to respect that at the time a lot of the things that like came to light I didn't know about he was my friend at the time so you know it I want to honor that because you know he did a lot for me and you know lifted me up in a lot of ways like comedically or you know letting me find my voice alongside him with wrestling like I never felt like I was just solely tied to him I was allowed to like grow and evolve into like my own personality within Inspire so like I respect that it is very hard to talk about him because I don't want to like I sensed I sensed a, a lot of anger in you at the time 
and I'd never oh, so I, hurt <laughs> I didn't I didn't ever want to discuss it I remember just kind of seeing you and just giving you a hug mm-hmm. um, but I could tell that you were troubled and I, I don't you know I didn't want to like push the, the, the subject because Chris's world was very much his own world mm-hmm. and a lot of what occurred had nothing to do with us yeah I felt like we needed to distance ourselves from him um, which I really appreciated when everything did come to light that um, inspired I don't know how y'all severed ways, but like I appreciated knowing that I could still be part of Inspire yeah. without having to maintain a relationship. Well, I mean, it was it was fortunate because we we had kind of ushered in Dan Ziegler. Yeah. So he kind of fell into that that role of replacing <laughs> Chris, sort of. Yeah. And he did a really good job. Dan's so one like. Um, yeah, I, and and it, it was hard because people when you have a character within your continuity who is pretty present and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're gone people want to know what happened and it's it's hard to you know be human about it you mm-hmm. know? Um, I think creatively within Inspire it was easier to let go of my connection to Chris because the last couple events that we had in show was that he sold my contract you know he was a heel yeah he was going heel yeah so it was it, it felt better to know that like I wasn't his his like right hand person anymore because for you know the first year or however long we were kind of at the hip like I was Chris's girl Friday yeah and that was the character you were the money penny yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm glad that we had at least that separation for me to find who I was and to really double down on like my baby faceness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And thrive within that space. And then, you know, ultimately, like, Matt became my Chris. Yeah. Where, like, that was the anchor at the show, or that was the person that I would check in with and be like, what are we doing? Who are we doing? Because it's intimidating walking into this world as somebody who doesn't know wrestling, doesn't know the ins and outs, yeah. doesn't, you know, I, I... I feel very safe at Inspire. I love everybody at Inspire, but when I'm there, my guard is up just because mm-hmm. I don't want to disrespect anybody. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to come in with any sort of like ego. Um, Cause that's, I think that's just a, a general good rule for life though. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. You can't walk into fucking HEB and just start kicking over the slim gym. <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. I, yeah. you know, um, I, I, I've always appreciated your, um, you're, you 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 exude a very soft fuzziness. Thank you. Um, I've always needed somebody to connect with and to be like, you're my friend here. Yeah. You're give me the cues because I don't know. Yeah. Um, like I'm short, but I always worried about like, am I blocking somebody's view? Am yeah. I like, what are these different? Th- um, Trail Tempo gave me one of the best pieces of advice where he's like, you're little when you're when you're like out in the audience make yourself big like raise your hands you know like make yourself be seen and then kind of same in the ring where it's just like your gestures need to be big because you are petite and I always just like appreciated that and um there there was just so many little things that could enhance my performance or my storytelling within Inspire that I so would you say that would you say that wrestling uh what you learned in wrestling helped transfer uh, or transferred over to comedy? Did it did it augment you as a comedian or was it not really no, did it not have an impact? It definitely did because my confidence coming from wrestling and knowing that like I can win over a wrestling crowd, I can do that for a comedy crowd. Like what the variable is me. So how do I access that energy that I'm throwing out to four corners to putting it just in front of me like when I'm doing stand-up right. so it really height um, one of my performance philosophy maybe this isn't a philosophy but like I think all of this is just energy work I think it's I'm in a Kate Bush shirt <laughs> like yeah we're talking about energies I love crystals and stuff but it's performance is just controlling energy and the people who do it well are able to you know be the ma- the the maestro of the the symphony so learning how to harness that at wrestling events 
knowing that I have that in me, toning it down a little bit in front of like a comedy audience, but like that light is still my light. That energy is still my energy. And like that person is still me. So it, it's helped my confidence a, a ton. So it broadened your spectrum in terms of control. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I didn't even really consider that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's interesting. Um, I want to talk about party world a little bit. Yeah. How was, how is being a part of that? Like versus inspire. Like what is, how would you, how would you compare it? And also how does it fit into just the, the, the wheel of, of Roxy? <laughs> like you, you do very many different things. Mm-hmm. You, you do burlesque, you do stand up, you do party world, which is in my opinion, a very different creature than inspire. Yeah. And you do inspire, of course, and you do sabotage. You do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and you probably do things that I'm not even aware of. I crochet. You do? <laughs> yeah. Do you act? I do act. Okay, there you go. See? Yeah, wow. You are you are a multiple threat. You are a stopper threat. <laughs> this quarantine, this pinchy pandemic. <laughs> I am so That's gonna be a regular pe- podcast. It's just gonna be called this pinchy pandemic and we're just gonna talk about Okay, sorry. Oh I am so bored without these things. Like I I love being part of all of these things because I just love doing it. I love all the things that I'm part of. And now that I'm like, I have nothing to do. Like Sundays, once a month at around 3 p.m., I start to get ready. I put on my makeup. I put my little outfit together. And then I drive the five minutes to ASF and we're at Inspire. Like, it's just these little moments that I miss. I miss these little rituals of like, it's show day. It's a Sunday. You got to put on foundation at 3 p.m. Like, (laughs) I miss, I miss it. I want to do it. You know what? I've got an ambition. Can I share it with you? Please. I, I, and I've had this for like two years now. I've never told you about it. I've always wanted to do a children's show starring you. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. So this has given me the courage to actually yes. pitch it. Because I think that you you have such a great, like, Max. your character. Yes. yes. That's all I want. Yes. Yeah. Sold. Okay. Signed this contract. Yes. Yeah. You, you could be the next Peewee, in my opinion. I'm a huge Peewee fan, so don't... That means so much. Yes. Also, my kids love you. I love that. Ugh, <laughs> I love kids. Yes, there you go. That's awesome. All right. I, you know what? I think that when we come out of this, you and I, we got to put a pilot together. Okay. Okay. All right. I love it. Man, that's exciting. Back to Party World. Because yes, I do want to talk about Party World. Um, you had asked the difference... Can... Just, yeah. I mean, what what is, what is that like versus Inspire... And I guess just your overall experience there. I, so wrestling for me started with Inspire. Yeah. So I got to see this very, like. More traditional. Yeah. And this polished version, like you come in, um, you hand out, like, it's not the script, but it's just, this is the point A to point B. There's a lot of, like, structure. Seeing the wrestlers kind of day of figure out what they're going to do. So from going to that to then going into PWR, they're just two different beasts. Like PWR is where I get to do theater and I'm, I'm a character. I'm not Roxy. I'm just whatever like skeleton number two they need me to be, or, (laughs) you know, like getting to, to be part of the intros. That's where that's my wheelhouse within PWR. So I don't wrestle at PWR, but um, I can do a tumble. I can do a front tumble. I can do a little quarter quarter tumble roll thingy. At, at, one, of our, at one of our last events, you actually got physically involved in the match. Oh, man. And it was amazing. I am so excited that the last show that we did before the Pinche pandemic <laughs> was that I got to actually get in the ring and that it was somebody that I trusted, which is Dan. Yeah. Um, Because with any training with PWR, he was the person that I would train with. So just to having like a a physical trust with him and also just knowing that he he knew how to make me look good. We knew how to like work together. I'm so grateful that that's the last moment that I at least have with Inspire. Was that was that terrifying? I thought I was going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) So Lisa, Lisa was sick and. You've talked about Lisa on the podcast. A, a little bit. Yeah. So li- bit. to me, my experience with Inspire is with Lisa. Like she's, we're backstage. 
you know, she's like a comfort person. She's, she'll hype me up. Um, she was sick for that show. And I texted her when Matt pitched the idea of like, you know, he needs a little bit of time. How about you get in the ring? And I was like, Lisa, can you please, even if you're here for five minutes, can you just come and give me a pep talk? And she got in her car. She came briefly. She gave me a little like lift up. And that was exactly what I needed to be like, all right, I'm not going to throw up in the ring. I can do this. And I want more moments like like that's the high. I know the other wrestlers like chase and it goes by so quick. It goes by so quick. But the afterglow is. Oh, God. Try and touch me. Try. Just try to (laughs) reel me in. I mean, we we fully intend to come back and we. We def- we definitely have a lot of really uh, weird uh, moments planned. I think I think um, you know we always try to treat every show like it is potentially the last mm-hmm. we'll have. But I think with this long break between our you know mm-hmm. between whatever our next event will be and the last one we did, first of all we're we're, we're extremely pent up. <laughs> we're very repressed. Mm-hmm. So so when we come we come back with an, a new event it's going to probably be real weird. Um count me yeah, in. Yeah. Oh, you, you, your <laughs> name is your name is in the, the, the there's a script already. Um and you're in it. <laughs> so we have we'll we have to work around whatever we need to do to make everything work. You know, honestly, just getting a moment to like sit and talk with you about this. You know, we're all struggling in our own ways during you know this quarantine. What I've been struggling with recently. Sorry, we're getting into like no, we Oprah should. territory. Because the, the people, I, the people that this is the thing. This is what sucks is that this is a time when people really need escapism, and it sucks to not. Uh, we be able can't. To, we can't do it. That's all people. I want to do. All I want to do is like put on a little show and make somebody happy. Like, I don't know how to make me happy, but I know how to make other people happy. Like I can do that. But just even now hearing that there's like a script or that there is going to be a next inspire show, having that little anchor of like, I don't know when that's going to be. We, nobody knows what anything is going to be, but trying not to be idiots about it. You see all these people doing shows right now. And to me, that's the most disrespectful thing that you can do to your fan base. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. Uh, to be honest with you, if you're doing that right now, fuck you. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, there are people who are trying to do their best right now, and I understand that people want to keep it alive. And there are some people who are actually doing it very, uh, doing a clever job of it. But there are some people who are just straight up being fucking fools about it. And I feel like I can say that because, business aside, I don't really care about the hierarchy. I don't care about the politics. But just as a human being, give a fuck about people. Mm-hmm. That should be everybody's mantra. Just yeah. Give a fuck about people. Yeah. We're never going to get out of this if we don't. It's... Everybody's just... Kinda, I just want to come back. Yeah. I want to come back. And it's... You know, I'm, I'm not at a place where I feel comfortable. Like, I... I, I know Sabotage is doing shows, and I, I wish I could power through. Yeah. And, and I know that they're being as safe as they can. I know that, like... I, I wish I could be there, but it, it's just not the time, and I'm not ready, and I'm I'm not ready. That's even though I miss it so much, and even though like the moment that I'm looking for, the moment that I miss during all of this is, I could go do it, but it's just you know, and same with comedy, like getting asked to do comedy shows, and it's like I know people are doing it, but it, I I'm I'm not there. People are so eager to get back to what they consider normal, but I I feel like. What Biz commonly says when we talk about when we're back, he says, when we come back, you'll know we're back. Oh, yeah. It will feel right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, it's kind of like when I have people who are pushing me to put my kid in face-to-face school. Mm-hmm. And people go, don't you want him to be in an environment that's normal? And I'm like, but it's not fucking normal. Do you think that my five-year-old is going to really understand the concept of six feet of distancing? And do yeah. you think it's normal for him to sit clear across the classroom in a mask like this isn't normal for him like this this it's not going to be normal mm-hmm. and and you know who's to say but it's also like i feel like people are just so fucking impatient maybe yeah. maybe, maybe it's the internet that's done that i don't know but. well you know for me i miss the moment i miss that so much of my <coughs> identity has been built into these things that i do and yeah. these forms of expression that without the, 
this avenue where I'm just like, well, then who am I? Who am I without, you know, being busy all the time or, you know. Your drug has been confiscated. Yeah, but I've had to confront a lot of things in me of like, oh, why was I running my, you know, why was I running myself so ragged? I think one of the things about this pinche pandemic um, (laughs) that's been very difficult is that a lot of people have had a lot of time to be creative, but it's also really hard to be in the pocket when you're looking at a world that feels feels so overwhelmingly grim. Um, I don't think I could be creative in the way that I was before a lot of this stuff changed, like with the political climate, mm-hmm. with the pandemic, with 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 the awareness that there is such an alarmingly overwhelming amount of trash in this country. I I can say that because I don't really give a fuck, but. It's 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 hard to it's it's hard to like really stay focused or creative. Like I, there's the the desire to be creative for me personally, mm-hmm. um, but my heart isn't entirely in it. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, that I I keep going through phases of like, well, this just isn't a time for creativity, and that's okay. And I make peace with it. And then I'm like, but I have so much. To express, yeah. I don't know where to put this. That's yeah. That's 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 definitely where I'm at right now. But I know, I I have all these ideas. I've been stockpiling them, um, and we're excited to get back to it. So we will eventually get there. So I have I have uh, another question. Is there anything in Inspire that you haven't been able to do that you want to do? Like just a. a is there something you want to experience that you have yet to experience? <laughs> I love the love. I love being, I love being face. I love knowing that I can come out and, and feel likable. I would love a moment where people were mad at me. That's, I was, that's actually where I was going. I was yeah. I'm really curious to see if you could play heel. I I think as a character actress, I could as like a character, but I would be so challenged in a good way to how to how to be heel as Roxy Castillo. Yeah, and in, in in this like heightened version of myself that I play at Inspire. Do you think that you personally could handle? I I don't know because I am sensitive. I do know that yeah. about myself, and that's okay, and that's something that I lovingly accept about myself. But. I think it could be a fun challenge. I say fun, just a challenge. Probably, I I could honestly see you going out there, killing it, and then breaking down in tears backstage. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But if I knew that I was supported and knew that it was a safe place for me to, like, explore that, I would like that. But I would like a snap moment. I would like a, you know, I'll... The snap moments I've had have been, like, with Dan, usually. Yeah. Um, that I kind of, like, lash out at him and, you know, like, knock the glasses off of his face or something. But I would like something with with one of my clients or, you know, that we have that. Yeah. Oh, no. That would be... <laughs> it would have to be Ethan. <laughs> I would have to break Ethan in some way because he's such a fate. And I... Oh. Yeah. That Matt, I think people are. You can kick Matt around. Yeah, but if I did that to Ethan, like the betrayal between us, because our characters, and even you know, getting to get to know Ethan outside mm. of, I know I'm pitching this, mm. <laughs> getting to know Ethan like out, you know, backstage and and yeah. our relationship, like we. He's that person that I now check in with. He's that person where it's just like, how are you feeling, dude? And like, I sometimes am the one to keep his chin up and to like, all right, we got to focus. We got to do this because, you know, he gets in his head. He cares so, you know, like in the best way he he wants to do good. Yeah. And I he takes everything very seriously. And he's so good. And and I just see him get in his head and I'm like, nobody come out. We got to we got to go do this. And then he kills it. He just fucking nails it and he kills it so i think that would be the place for us to like have a snap or have a break but then how would i how would i come back from that um but maybe that's part of the fun evolution of of roxy in and out of ring yeah i think also um we've talked about gradations of, of you know black and white 
sometimes things take a long time to mm-hmm. kind of emerge. Uh, I think it would take. A, I think it would be a creative challenge <laughs> to push you in that direction, but. It's also something in my heart that I don't even know if I want to do. And I'm fine with not doing <laughs> it. Um, I'll, I'll say yeah. I'm fine with not doing it but as I'm, well. But I'm also like compelled to see what Heel Roxy would be like. A, a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> would, would, how would, how... How would, would I express that? Would there, would there be a metamorphosis? Would you be in all black? No, I would wear pants. I would, to me, oh. pants. I've always had this idea of like when I truly become, because I started as Chris's secretary, then I kind of like moved into like my own portfolio type thing. But I think this like big transformation moment is when I wear the pants, like mm. l- literally, because I'm very intentional about what I wear at give Inspire. The, give the I wear the pants in this yeah. kind of dark promo. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Hair up, like oh. just. I I would like to tell that story. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe someday. Maybe, maybe my we'll maybe my maybe my like quest to be such a face that I. I think that I'm being like virtuous and I think that I'm yeah. being righteous, but really. I think that's one of the things that I really love exploring uh, as a screenwriter. I think a lot of, a lot of my uh, themes deal with someone who is inherently good facing uh, an adversary who is fairly wicked and the good guy having to go so overboard in order to really crush mm-hmm. the bad stuff that they come full circle and kind of go in a negative direction um, it's something that I've even done uh, in Inspire Steve-O's mm-hmm. had several arcs where he's kind of like uh, he's virtuous but he has to go out of his way and do something really fucking nasty to mm-hmm. kind of ground the bad guy you know um, that it pushes him over the top and he kind of gets dirty along the way what was and who was the match that Steve-O had and there was like somebody brought out a sink that was Matt was that Matt? That was Matt. I don't think I came out for that one no, you did not. with Matt because I think it was going to be real rowdy and yeah. real all over the place. That was with Matt. I remember being so just like, what am I watching? <laughs> and so impressed by that. Yeah. Well, this is this has been a fruitful discussion. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about before before we sign off? Is there any any questions that you have? Nothing that comes to mind. I've really just enjoyed being able to talk about myself for a a minute. It's been a pleasure being able to actually talk to you and and learn about you. And I hope to keep doing this. Roxy, this is where you become kind of instrumental here as you sign off. Who should I do the next one with? Who do you want to see me talk to in the company? Who Who are you curious about? Oi... Who am I curious about? I know. Who am I curious about? I mean, everybody. I, I have you done Stevo? Not yet. I think Stevo. Yeah, we'll go with Stevo. All right. Because well. he's he's one of the ones that I'm like. He's so nice. I don't know anything about him. We just have very polite interactions. But I know he's probably like a a, a nice dude. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Maybe he'll cast a spell on you as the pinfall wizard that turns you evil. Oh, ooh, that's the weird. Sh- let's. T- <laughs> that's the weird shit. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, no. This is uh, this is wonderful. I miss Inspire. I miss just wrestling. Yeah. I miss everybody like who's part of it. But I just want to like thank you and thank anybody who likes me and is listening for like giving me space to to just be myself in this place that I never thought that I could like really thrive. Yeah. I really just appreciate all the the love and the they're just such treasured memories. Like when I look back at this point in my life, I'll remember Inspire and I'll remember wrestling and I just miss everybody. I miss it. Well, we'll be back soon. Yeah. And I hope we uh, we will I know we will have an opportunity to create many more cherished memories ahead of us. So let's get weird. Yeah, let's. Here's to 2021, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, the next time you hear us at uh, Inspire Pro Fireside, 
it will be with Steve Arino as decreed. Yeah, yeah. Roxy Castillo. Say bye-bye, Roxy. Goodbye-bye. Bye-bye.